Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. We had such a great conversation last episode. I am truly shocked about how on topic we stayed and just how much information we really were able to pull from this video. Yeah, we did. That's really, like, that's all I got. That's fine. I mean, people expect me to be... (laughs) Yeah. You're right. I mean, true. Toasty, the man of many words. Well, we did. We did have many, many words and we have even more words to go over because there's like a whole second half to the video that we didn't really talk about because the first half was kind of like the 2.0 updates, what's going to happen there, how it integrates into the Phantom Liberty. And then moving on, now we have actual Phantom Liberty content that they showed. So in the second half of the video, we have a lot of actual Phantom Liberty information to go over, like Dogtown and Kurt. We got a couple of questions like answered right out the gate, which I love. Um, And then there was also uh, fan questions that were submitted through a Discord that we need to find. How are we not in this Discord? And be the official Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven Discord. Oh, maybe that's where it is, and I'm just not a part of it. I'm, I'm in. Oh, okay. I was like, I'm in the Artelsorian Discord, and so no, there's a there's an official 2077 Discord. Mm, okay. Which I am I am in. I I think I only discovered it like a few weeks ago, though. Oh, it was like in a tweet or something, and I was like, is it Discord? So it's not like I pay attention in there, anyways. I jumped in and immediately turned off my notifications. I'm literally just there. It's like, if they want to give us any kinds of updates, they'll at people. <laughs> so, I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, hopefully, we do have a lot of words this time, but hopefully we have significantly less words than we did last time. Because I think the last episode came out to over an hour. And it was like about an hour 15, yeah. Was, well, hopefully we will not broach an hour on this one just to save your ears a little bit. But hopefully we have the same level of excitement and fan fangirling and fandom over what the information that we have here. I I think one of the first things that I picked from the video when it came to the actual Phantom Liberty lore was that he said it was Kurt who was responsible for taking down the plane. Now, I don't know if we actually knew that through the other stuff. We knew that Kurt was like, obviously, he was like, the plane is crashing. The plane is landed in Dogtown, but not what the actual catalyst was. Well, I, think, I think that makes a lot of sense because like Kurt's at war with like, because he was uh he's him and dogtown are a byproduct of the last 
corporate war mm-hmm. where like his unit got left behind in that area from like Militech. So he's like ex Militech. And so like if he's holding a grudge, it makes a lot of sense that he would, you know, he'd be like, Oh, you know, Air Force One or I can't remember what Space they call it Force, now. I think. Space Force One is flying over. Of course he'd be like, Well, yeah, shoot that bitch down. So it, it makes a lot of sense. All right. Uh do you want to go over some of the stuff that they talked about specifically with Dogtown and Kurt? So, um, when they were talking about Dogtown, they spent a lot of time talking about like how, and this is where, because a lot of the first part of the video was just Gabriel talking, and this is really where the the first time that the um, the other dev that was on it uh, on the the live stream like kind of chipped in to give a lot of information. So yeah, the second half of this video is a lot more of the gameplay and environment that we see from the environment artist Casper in this video. We're going to say Casper, <laughs> the lead environmental artist for CDPR. That is that is who he is. Um, that was the other person on the, uh, the live stream uh, with Gabriel. So... Um, we're just going to go by Casper because we, the, the last name is just wild. Uh, uh, but anyways, um, they got, he got really into the, like the process that they put forward to really try and like bring Dogtown to like the life that they wanted it to present. So obviously they really wanted, they wanted it to be completely dystopian. I mean, cyberpunk in general is a dystopian like setting, uh, but they wanted it to be more dystopian than Night City, which wild. Um, They wanted it to be kind of like post-apocalyptic in a sense as well, um, because it is it is in a sense kind of like that, because Dogtown is the remnants of a war. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like and it hasn't faced any like evolution since then like so like this is a remnant of life from back in the 2020s whenever the flat like the fourth corporate war happened Mm -hmm. so this place has been here for 50 years not just decaying that's been the concept of it um and so they really spent some time to like design that like the the aspects of the thing like all of the tall skyscrapers that are really just falling apart the remnants of all of the stuff they were using to like build this place, you know, the rundown like amusement park rides and stuff. Yeah, he um, said it looked like old Vegas, like if Vegas had, or I guess I guess it would be like what uh, Fallout New Vegas would look like if it was yeah, set in Cyberpunk. Um, and they uh, said a lot of new or Las Vegas inspiration, so I have to imagine that New Vegas came into play if they're talking post post apocalyptic Las Vegas. So but with high technology cyberpunk level. And one of the things that he was really excited about, he's like, we spent so much time making the ground look like what we wanted it to. And I was like, he put so much detail into the differences between the sand and the dirt and the pavement and like all this other stuff. And he was just really proud that there was true sand on the ground. And I was like, that's right, dude. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and then he did also uh specify that there's like uh a lot of like overgrown areas so we're gonna face a lot of like abandoned buildings as well as like places where it is like i guess when you say the thing that like throws me off right is when you say overgrown i think plant life but as we know plant life isn't exactly a big thing in cyberpunk like so like I'm wondering like are we actually going to see like is this place because of like the way it was like left behind I guess from a time where like maybe there was a significant amount more of like healthy plant life like are there going to be green areas I think in so Dogtown? I mean um and I guess this is a great segue um into like uh the next little bit that he was talking about because along with all of like the details of like making things look good and like feel the right way. Um, 
they spent time like kind of giving other places like you know a certain mood to them um and obviously the whole goal of dogtown is to be like sad run down like it's not good um but there is specifically a place that offers a bit of hope in this you know horrible place that is dogtown uh which he referred to as container zone um which consists of a like community like or people trying to build a community um in these like i guess we know i know from red specifically that like containers are a common thing for like people that are too poor to like afford actual housing because mm-hmm. they buy like shipping containers and live out of shipping containers yeah so i'm imagining this is a whole like a big area that is like shipping containers that are all like inhabited by a bunch of people and i have a hunch that this is the place with the tree from the trailers. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that because that de- that area definitely invoked, when we saw it, invoked like a peaceful, uh, calmer ver- version than like what we saw in the black market area where it was like vendors yelling and people doing all this stuff and the loud neon. And this, the area with the tree, it almost felt like there was not natural light, but soft light. And mm-hmm. so it because they all had like it was kind of like a paper lanterns. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure it's still electricity, but it's like more like old, like warm white, like light bulbs kind of thing. Or at least that's the light coming off of those. Like because I think they were like lanterns, right? Like paper lanterns that were yep. hung up. Yeah, if I remember correctly. And then the tree, of course, was like adorned and like lights and whatnot. Um, so and like that yeah out of like the places like that is a more seems like a more like hopeful like inspiring location like peaceful so i figure that's probably what he means when he's talking about container zone um so that'll be fun to like explore i know i'm getting like i'm specifically from that i'm getting a lot of like the arcane vibes Mm. because um if anyone's seen arcane um the firelights have like a whole like like society built from like the last tree in like um like the city that they live in or whatever or the undercity um because like everyone's shook because no one's like seen like plant life before really because i remember like they bring in vi and vi walks out and she's like is that a real tree like and that's kind of what it reminds me of because it's just a bunch of stuff built around this one tree so I'm getting vibes of the firelights for sure. Uh, it also reminds me of, you know, the monk that you can find that will take you into meditations and go mm-hmm. through the elements. I feel like he would hang out there. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, but, people but anyway, who- that's enough talking about a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so, people who are absolutely moving. not allowed. Not allowed to hang out in Dogtown. Um, yeah. <laughs> no NP, no NCPD, no corpos, no, no outsiders. It's all self-contained. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all Bargus, um, for the, that's the only security Dogtown needs is Bargus. No, no cops. Uh, though specifically the, uh, well, actually I'll save that. Um, I'll save that for later because it's a different portion. Uh, but yeah, so it's just going to be Bargus. That's the policing forest. And yeah, as a as an individual that was abandoned by a corporation, um, I it makes sense that Kurt, Kurt would be like, nah, no corpse in my area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which also means that no, the influence of corporate money doesn't really see this area so probably explains a lot why it's more run down although i have to imagine that there's a lot of undercover corporations that go here to like maybe do like do certain things get like procure certain items or whatnot because this is the hub of the black market and any bit of illegal activity you can find in is here in dogtown 
So I think what it means by no corpos allowed is that they are not the ones who are going to be establishing the foothold and being Mm -hmm. the providers. If you work for a corporation and you are there to buy, then you're just another customer with corpo money. I have to imagine that, like, if you, like, tried to show up in Dogtown, like, dress like a corpo, I feel like they'd kill you on sight. I feel like maybe that they go there, like, secretly to, like, you know, buy. Yeah. Um, sure. But, like, yeah, no. They, I don't think they're allowed to have any sort of official presence in Dogtown. The only power is Kurt and Bargast. Yep. And then, because you brought this up a couple weeks ago... And I had, I just remembered about it. Yes. Bargeist are creatures in the Witcher. And they are mm-hmm. also a part of, uh, like, uh, mythology as well. Uh, and they are dogs. They are those who claim mm-hmm. that ordinary dogs can transform into the monster if they have been cursed. And so that makes sense as to why it is called Dogtown. Uh they brought that up in the video as well. And I was just like, we've got to talk about the fact that there are bar, they're the bar heist, bar heist, but they specifically said that there are no actual dogs in Dogtown. I mean, like, there may be. No, I- they said there are no good boy dogs, good boy dogs in Dogtown. I mean, of course they're going to say that, even if there is. All right. They're not going to spoil the goodest boy. But, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we, what, the the most, like, the only mammalian animal besides humans that we've seen in cyberpunk is hairless cats like this. So, like, I mean, obviously, they really don't have dogs running around that much anyway. So, yeah, it's fair. Um, But, yeah, um, I they were showing us, they're telling us a lot about Bargast and Kurt during this time um they did make a point of wanting like really trying to get the feel that like bargast is like an oppressive force that is like present always but like yeah and like i said they act as the police but they're not they're not the police that are going to help you they're not the police that want to like help you out or like serve the citizenry they are a military force that just keeps the peace Mm -hmm. so that they can do what's best for themselves and kurt the biggest Um, difference between a policing agency and a civil servant agency they are not civil servants they are not here to serve the people yeah and during this time uh just the thing that i like noted um that I thought was interesting because they were showing a lot of like gameplay and stuff. And like I said, I'm not going to talk about like a lot of the gameplay, but there's a couple things. One of the things I noticed was that they show us a bit of like footage from the perspective of Kurt. Yeah. His HUD is blue and yellow. Like Johnny's is. I don't know how I feel about that, other than the fact that it it could just be their indicator that you're not playing as V, so we're using a different color to denote that you're not being V right now. Why make it the same color as Johnny? I mean, why not go with, like, purple, for all I care? I I don't know. I mean, why not go, like, the, like, primary yellow? of bar guest or whatever like mm. um so i'm not i'm not sure this may not mean anything um this may have been like because obviously like some of this i don't think is going to be like uh like full actual footage like there's some but and i don't i don't imagine we're gonna see anything from like kurt's perspective like why would we be kurt and like interacting like unless there's some like real crazy things um so i guess my thought on this is if this is actual gameplay footage that we are to be expecting is that we're we are working with like spy shit we have a face changer does like does johnny 
take over the chip and then put the face changer on and then roll around the Bargus compound as Kurt trying to get like insider information or something. So that's why the screen would be in Johnny colors, but we are playing as Kurt. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It was real confusing. I don't know if it's like a hint or if it's just like, you know, they set together this like a little bit, but like, yeah, this little bit of footage and they just made it look like Kurt because like, you know, you can do that. If you run the game, you can just change your habits, your, your V to look like this dude. So I don't know. I don't know the significance of it. Um, but I just thought it was interesting and that a point to bring up. All right. So I guess the next character that we really have to talk about is Rosalind Myers. Well, they did bring her up a little bit. Yeah, I know. I, I did a confusing note here. Um, they they talked a little bit about her. They didn't bring up any information that I didn't already know or that we haven't already done in our research on her. So I was like, okay, like this is, um, but like they did quickly spin off to Solomon. Mm -hmm. Um, And they still didn't give us anything. (laughs) Like they were like, nope, nope. Solomon Reed, he is there. Which, which to me seemed pretty pointed if they're willing to give all this information about fucking Kurt and Rosalind Myers and Songbird, but they don't want to tell us anything about Solomon. They don't want to say shit about Solomon. They got real hush hush the moment they asked questions about Solomon. They got nervous. They got like, they got like, uh, like what can we say about him? Um, and they said that he has a complicated past with Myers and Songbird, and that was it. Oh, it's. It's it's hammering that nail home. I we are sticking to our guns. Solomon Reed is Morgan Blackhand. I feel like it had like why can't they talk about him that much if everyone else gets fucking exposition? Yep. Literally everyone else. Yep. So like hmm. You know what we haven't really seen? Johnny. Yeah. And Solomon interacting. It's true. They definitely haven't shown us anything like that. So we're going to see. But every every fucking thing that they like just leads it more and more down this line of thinking. Yeah. So I'll just say this. If we're wrong, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not because I'm wrong that is the reason I'll riot. It's because they did all of these things to make you think that it was and then didn't. Yeah. That'll be the reason. Yeah. They left so many little nuggets of information that leads the people who know the back lore to go like, oh. Yeah, we know who this is. Just a few more weeks, Toasty. A few more weeks, and then we will yeah. know. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, uh, a couple of the little small things that they threw in there for us is that, yes, we are getting a new apartment. We are getting an apartment located in Dogtown, and that's really cool. I love uh, going in, seeing the new decorations, the new areas, and things like that. And so, and I love having a good travel, a uh, good safe travel point. Uh, and then, sad face, no new romance options. And they didn't really hint that any of the current romance options were getting any additional content either. Um, but the way that they explained it, it also made sense is the fact that V is there to do these missions and things in Dogtown, and there's not a whole lot of time for romance in that. They've got some very key specific things going on, and the ticking time bomb in their head. Since this moves the timeline forward a little bit, it is another ending option. It, yeah, it 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 makes sense, and I'm just sad. I mean, I'm, I'm sad too, but it's all right. Judy can hold me while I cry. 
Um, Gary will write me another love song. Uh, but that was about it for uh, our Dogtown Kurt and other characters' little uh, exposition. The <laughs> next real part that we got into was the police overhaul and car combat. Uh, so, yeah, this is this is fun. Um, so, in vehicles, we we talked about it a little bit. You can use all weapons, uh, or I guess for cars, you can use any guns you want. Um, from the sounds of it, uh, and then on motor motorcycles, you can use melee weapons, um, as well as the offered addition of the mounted guns, as well as hacking. And they've even made a few additions uh, to here, uh, some of the hacking stuff, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but you can also make precision shots on gas tanks, uh, as well as shooting or slashing tires. So cars have specific weak points that you can target to cripple them. Or I guess if you shoot a gas tank, I'm assuming it's going to blow up. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely, it's going to be fun. It's going to really change the way using melee on bikes. Oh my God. I love the visual in my head of like a katana I mean, and just, one arm just slashing at tires. I mean, it's just, it's just Akira, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like it's just Akira. So, I mean, instead of, you know, you have a bigger variety of weapons, um, than just uh, like a metal pipe, I think is what they used, right? Or like hockey sticks or something. But yeah. Didn't we also see that with the tiger claws in Edge Runner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think, I can't remember what weapons they were using, but they had weapons. Like, I think one of them, I think one of them had a hockey stick for some reason. I don't know why. For some reason, hockey stick is coming to my brain and I feel like there's a reason, but I can't tell you the exact reason. But yeah, Darn. so that's going to be fun. I'm going to roll around on bikes so often. I don't know if there's going to be mounted weapons on any of the bikes. I doubt it. But like, they're more maneuverable. And if I can just like cut a bitch while I'm like zooming by, I'm gonna. Yep. Agreed. I definitely run around on bikes. Run around on bikes. I drive around on bikes a uh, majority of the time. Uh, it's fun non-cyberpunk lore fact. In our intro that I recorded, the audio track of the bike revving up, uh, that is Jackie's motorcycle that we ride off on. Fair enough. The the custom arch. Yes. Is it is it is it regular Jackie's motorcycle or is it modified if you play a Nomad V motorcycle? That's the question. No, it's just the standard one. It's not modified at all. Okay. Okay. I don't know if they sound any different or if any of the bikes really sound different, but I was like, if I'm going to record no this, I'm going to, some of them definitely do sound different because like the arches, have the more like motor sound or whatever, but like the more some of the other ones that are look more like sports bikes, oh, uh -huh. um, are more electronic sounding for yep. sure. You're right, so, you're right. So, some they do some, so but I don't know if it sounds if the two different variations of Jackie's bike sound different at all. I'll test it at some point, maybe. All right, because I'm probably gonna do my replay as a nomad because mm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hop back into my favorite life path that makes sense yep uh before we get to our mid-break though let's do a quick little overview of what the police are gonna look like crazy yeah <laughs> i think we need to elaborate a little bit more uh like they try to use tactics such as ramming you off the road which that that scares me. They are cliffs. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yes, I mean, being uh, so depending on the location, that could be pretty rough. Um, but yeah, so like they've obviously part of the police overhaul was adding a little bit of like more nuance into their uh, their programming. 
so hopefully we'll see more tactical style of play from them. Uh, we got the ramming off the road example. I don't know what else there might be. Um, the roadblocks. We saw those where they true. So I wonder if they'll have spike strips or whatever. Do spike strips even work in the future? Do tires get popped by the, I guess if you can shoot out tires, I guess they can be cut out by spike strips. Right. Yeah. So maybe it might be, a, might be a thing where you have to worry about something like that. Um, so you obviously start off like lower and as you build up your stars, um, things will start to come in, uh, like their own weaponized vehicles will start to come into play. Um, and then once you hit that five stars, you're going to have to start dealing with max tack. Um, they have five archetypes built into like the max tack like system. Um, so like the different like styles of like max tech troops i guess mm. um and a uh whenever they show up four will come out of the aerodyne they will be randomized out of those five archetypes um so you can really you can't really can't like predict what type of max tech people are going to come into play i don't know what those five archetypes are uh, they didn't elaborate on that but you know once we get the game we'll find out more and a very particular thing that I thought was interesting is that max tech is unaffected by your difficulty choice for the game. So they they basically said that if you to in order to get max tech, you really have to be trying to get max tech. Uh -huh. You will not you will not. Uh, if you're not trying to aggro the police, you are not going to accidentally trigger max tech to happen. You have to work to get those five stars. And so their decision on that was that if you are trying to get max tech, they are indeed going to give you max tech, the team that cyber psychos fear. So no matter what difficulty you are playing on, they are registered at the highest level of difficulty and you cannot turn them down. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> that makes them actually a lot scarier. Yeah. A lot, a lot scarier. Oh, yeah. Um, they did specifically say that, like, if you uh, accumulate five stars in Dogtown, Max Stack will still show up. They are not, they are technically NCPD, but they are a force specific to dealing with cyber psychos. And if you are at five stars, you are basically considered a cyber psycho and it doesn't matter where you are. Max tech will come get you. So, um, yeah, they're going to be scary. Um, fuck with max tech <laughs> at your own peril. Um, and I had a thought about this, right? Is that the thing is, is that during the gameplay, they were showing a lot of gameplay footage of, you know, one of the, the devs or whatever playing like, you know, basically scrapping with the police for like, you know, 15 total minutes mm -hmm. straight or something like that. And most of it was max tech and they were like surviving for so long. And we talked about this in the last episode that it was impressive. They were able to, now that you know this information that they are basically playing against max tech at a very hard difficulty at all times. Um, and they had, a total of five stars for like 10 minutes straight. Like I'm more scared of whoever the fuck was playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, scary motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, now we got to go back and see if they, if they drop the name of the person who was playing, go follow their so, Twitch. I don't think they knew who it mm. was. So, okay. but yeah, so police are scary now. That's the real big takeaway. Yes, the scary people are scary. Uh, so let's run away to a mid-break <laughs> where we will hear sponsors of the show thank our patrons and read out some new reviews. Welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about the show and not the lore of cyberpunk. I guess technically this is where I should have dropped in the little fun fact about the Jackie's bike being the sound effect, but uh, I was a little quick on the gun on that one. Oh well. 
We don't have any new patrons to read out. Thank you. Major shout out to the 11 that we have right now. You guys are amazing. I appreciate every single one of you. And we do, in fact, have two new reviews to read out. First one. Uh, Fantastic podcast. Five stars from Callie Winter via Apple Podcasts in the United States on September 2nd. Discovered this podcast a few days back, and as I am waiting for Phantom Liberty and and version 2.0 of Cyberpunk 2077 game to release. I figured it would be the perfect time to dive into this show since the very first episode. Why not, right? Sure, listening to it this way may feel somewhat nostalgic now, but I think it's worth it. Granted, yes, I may have some slight pro-cyberpunk bias following the game since it was first announced, played over a thousand hours over three different platforms, modded and vanilla. Mm, No bias. It's an addiction. But I digress. It's an excellent show with great hosts, wealth of knowledge and material, fantastic guests and fantastic guests. Ticks all boxes for for me. It was a lot of words. Uh, yeah. You know what? Since you read out that very long review, I'll go ahead and read this next one. Um, by Jester, uh, 11 days ago via Spotify, um, which, you know, it's going to be real interesting if anybody decides the research because 11 days ago... Um, is not the time from when this is being released or the time we are fake recording. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, great podcast, five stars. I have been listening to this podcast for the last few months and have binged every episode. Keep up the fantastic work sent from the isolated cyberpunk Australia. (laughs) I love it. Buddy. That's pretty fucking good. Thank you, Jester. Uh, I'm wondering if they're if this is their way of saying like I'm actually an Australian listener, or I've listened to your travel around the world episodes, and I choose to isolate myself in cyberpunk Australia. I think this. I think they're Australian. I think it could go either way, or maybe both. <laughs> both. Jester, both since you, since you. Left your review on Spotify. When you're listening to this, please respond uh, to the to this episode and tell us the answer. How about that? All right. Sounds good. If you'd like to sh- show your support even more, you can head over to fanrolldice.com and use the code CPLC at checkout and also combine it with the almighty C10. Uh, CPLC, Cyberpunk, Lorecast, A-L-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y-C-1-0, and get 20% off of your entire dice order, fanrolldice.com. Now, we did get two new reviews in, so go cash in your IP if you play the CC, the Cyberpunk TTRPG game. Jay Gray, he said so. Okay, all right. Let's move on and start talking about the new missions and that updated hacking and some of the questions that we got from the listeners on the Twitch stream that were asked directly to the devs. I am so excited for interacting with another fixer getting a whole bunch of new missions and just exploring a whole new area of Dogtown. And now I'm also kind of hoping that there are new missions outside of Dogtown as well. Like maybe Wakako has another gig for me to go do or some fun stuff like that. Well, I don't know the answer to that one, Um, but I do have the specifics of these new vehicle missions missions. Um, the thing is, I don't know who our new fixer is because, um, for these new, these vehicle missions, Muammar El Capitan Reyes is a a fixer that we already had. Um, uh, so we've obviously interacted with him 
before in the base game. Um, and once we get Phantom Liberty, and this is a thing that is specific to Phantom Liberty, um, it will not be included in the patch. Uh, so you have to pay for the expansion for this. Um, you unlock a new type of new type of mission uh, that centers around vehicles and acquiring new vehicles. And this is a, where a lot of your um, weaponized vehicles will come from. Um, so uh, they did say that a lot of the times it is going to be, uh, you will be given a mission and you will need to go retrieve a car. Um, but there's normally a varying type of ta task that comes with it, um, whether that is... Um, taking the car to a certain point, doing a certain thing with said car, um, hacking different things, whatever. There's something that'll go along with it. You're not, this isn't, these aren't just going to be a simple fetch quests where you go get car, bring back car. There will be, you know, other different activities involved with it. And there will be an overarching storyline to this entire quest. So there will be, actual like story or like an overall quest that you have to achieve by doing this as well. This um, kind of reminds me of the Delamain quest line where it was like, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, go fetch all my wayward children. But then each car was a different type of interaction. Once you got there, one of them tries to kill you. The other one is so scared. So it can't drive itself back home. Uh, all that different stuff. It kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, unfortunately, we don't have any specifics about like what the storyline is going to be or anything like that. Um, but this will be generally where you get like uh, most of your weaponized vehicles. Um, they did say some of the older cars have been modified and weapons have been added onto them. Um, but as for acquiring like the really good ones, you will need to do this quest line. Um, and they also did state during this section that, unfortunately, you cannot customize the cars to, like, add weapons and stuff to, like, your favorite ones or whatever. Um, all vehicle weapons are presets. So the car will be set with whatever weapon it will have. Um, and some cars will just never have weapons, unfortunately. Mm. So, you know... Kind of sucks. Uh, I wish it had been more like customizable, but you know, fair enough. Um, I'm happy that we're just getting him in the first place, so I guess I'll settle for that. Um, and then one note that they did say is that you will not be able to finish the quests or like uh, with the cars if you have heat on you. So uh, don't aggro the police, or at least get rid of them before you get back where you need to be going. Yeah, I was like, it reminds me so much of GTA. Uh, like with the whole police heat and all that stuff. It's very GTA. Um, and also the weapons on the vehicles for uh, it being preset. What I, what I really, really like about the, this stuff is that now that they have built it into the game, they have worked out all the different kinks, all the different issues and things like that, that they've had with this in the past, which is why it wasn't a part of base game at release it means that in the next cyberpunk game, they've already learned their mistakes and they know how to fix things going forward. So it could be that the next game will have vehicles, uh, weaponized vehicles in the base game at release. And then it might be able to be customized because now they have more time to put it into the next game. Yeah. And I think... Um, obviously, uh, to all our console friends, um, you will not, unfortunately not be able to get the advantages of this. Um, but for those who play on PC and if you happen to play with mods, I'm pretty sure modders are going to take these weapons and put them on whatever fucking cars they want. And you yeah. will probably be able to use that mod and, uh, have a bit more customizability, customization. That's the correct word. Um, <laughs> with this with mods so um there, there's some 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 hope there for pc players yeah uh speaking of modding it's very similar to hacking <laughs> sure 
the more specced into hacking you are, you get different hacks, which, yeah, duh, that makes complete and total sense. Now, there's also ways to make that the vehicle hacking is even like further advanced down the line. Um, instead of just like, oh, I want to make this car stop or I want to make this car go really fast or, you know, things like that that we've seen in the trailers. There are also ways to make the vehicle just kind of lose complete control. There are also ways to remote control a vehicle. So that way you're not the one that's actually driving it. You could use it as a distraction, uh, remote control a car through an area, take out people, yet you're just walking down the street the other way. Yeah, and so like, and I have to imagine that you can have some fun chains with that because, you know, the one hack we didn't talk about, we saw it in the trailer, uh, you can just make it explode. You can just instantly detonate. And I'm wondering like, well, if you make a really like fun, cool, like, net runner build and you like you know pop into a camera and then take control of a vehicle by remote piloting it and then drive it into a group of enemies and then are able to just detonate it right there like just are bombing enemies while you're back on the like street out of the fucking violent zone just chilling mm -hmm. like you want to make that kind of played back like laid back play style it's going to be available to you Yep. Because I'm trying to think of every like little like small compound place that we like got sent to in the game where like all a bunch of enemies are in them and like you don't want to just run in, you're trying to play like more stealthy or something. Everyone else like most of those places have at least a car in it normally. There are two cyber psychos that popped into my head. There's the one who uh who's a, a mechanic and he's working on cars. You could just blow up all of his cars and knock him knock him out. Uh, but then, yeah, there's yeah. a there's a bunch of different places where, like, you, like it, the hacking doesn't necessarily have to be on working cars either, right? What about cars I that are know, just maybe. there? I suppose it depends. We don't we don't know for sure. They may not be able to hack like I don't know cars in disrepair or something there's so many cars like just parked all over the place or the like the cars that you can just walk up and steal that are parked on oh the yeah the i mean if it's a car that you can like drive then yeah for sure i was just thinking like if there was like a wrecked car or something mm. somewhere i doubt we'll be able to take control of that but like yeah anything like the ones that are just like not moving that are just idled or parked on the street yeah for the sure the ones that are already on fire yeah, see, I don't know if we can hack those ones, but I guess we'll find out. Okay, uh, so the questions that were provided to them, um, a few of them, they said that they took directly from the Twitch live stream chat. Some of them came through Twitter, some of them came through their Discord. Uh, we get a bunch of little snippets of information here. Uh, yeah. So... Well, one of the first questions that was asked was in terms of, I mean, I will state, I didn't write down any of these specific questions. I wrote down my answers to the questions um, or not answers to the question, but wrote down the answers. Um, so I'm, I will tr like try to remember what the question was in particular. This first one pertained to net running um, in particular. Uh, and they were asking about like how will net rudders change um, after like the patch in Phantom Liberty, um, and we were informed that they will see significant changes, um, and will now be able to combine different kinds of hacks uh, in interesting ways. Um, sounds like maybe like newer hacks. We might be getting new hack options, uh, which will be fun. Um, and then there will also be, uh, like we talked about with the mono wire and the relic order, there's the synergies there with that the mono wire, um, as well as smart weapons. They didn't elaborate on what that means. If you can but, attach a hack to your mono wire, do you think you can ha attach a hack to a smart bullet? Maybe. So. Yeah, it seems like Netrunners are going to be seeing some big changes uh, if you want to play that Netrunning play style. Because I think I think 
their idea was is because generally net running involved a lot of like hacking in through a camera and then just like contagioning or like whatever doing stuff to people and it's like a very slow like methodical kind of play style which there's people that are into that for sure but i think they are trying to open it up for the net running to be a more engaging and fun play style where you can like do your hacking stuff, but still be kind of in the thick of it if you wanted to or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, if you if you thought that the net running was kind of boring, they're they're trying to change that, I think. So, um, you want to take the next one? Yeah, one of the things that uh, I found really really interesting is that your relationship with Johnny will affect certain things in Dogtown. So, I mean, obviously, Johnny has an overall story arc in Dogtown as well. We know that the relic is a very key part of it. But your relationship with Johnny will affect things. Uh, yeah, I know that there's like kind of the Johnny meter to see how some of the other endings will end up like. But it'll affect dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, and if that gameplay we saw has any like significance to it, like... Johnny being able to like, because also I'm thinking, right? Because like Johnny's ex military. Mm-hmm. These guys are ex military. Like, how will that play out? And isn't Johnny former Militech? I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, if I don't think he's former Militech, I think he's like former. United States military. Oh. Because he fought, I think, specifically in like the Central America. Yeah, he was part of the the Latin Wars. There's an interesting like play with like Militech there. Because I mean to the point, I don't think he was but he did didn't he work with Militech though as like part of didn't they like sponsor the like Arasaka stuff? I feel like Johnny has connections that, right? to Militech, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously we know... Morgan. Yeah, so, like, I think, yeah, I think they had a bit of involvement there with, uh, with like, the Night City Holocaust and stuff. So, let a Militech assault team on our soccer towers. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, yeah, he kind of is ex-Militech in a sense then. So I just don't, maybe not quite as involved as others. But yeah, there will be some interesting play there for sure, I Mm -hmm. think. I'm also wondering like, if your relationship with Johnny is not good and you've decided to do a playthrough where you and Johnny are fighting at every little step of the way, if that will make it easier for Songbird to oppress him? Or, like, Hmm. I I don't know. I think, or maybe you, like, they talked a lot about whether or not Songbird was trustworthy and who you were going to choose to ally with. Um, So I think that Johnny will definitely affect that, too. Like, Yeah, maybe maybe Johnny doesn't like Songbird, and so you kind of have to, like, choose who to trust. mm -hmm. That'd be interesting. Um. We covered the next question a little bit. Um, they asked about like it being a post-apocalyptic setting, um, and they were talking specifically about how they um, we will see a variety of different areas, like ones that look like real rundown post-apocalyptic. Like uh, that was another thing, actually bringing it back to Fallout. There was a lot of like the vibe of um, the Pit DLC from Fallout Three. Or it's like run down like Pittsburgh or whatever. Mm. Uh, like there's a lot of like the tall skyscrapers that are real like fucked up, which I, I don't. That's kind of another vibe that I got a little bit there. Um, we'll see overgrown areas. Like I said, I don't know. Uh, will that mean green? I That'd think so. Cool. Um, and then a lot of abandoned areas as well. There will be like buildings that are completely abandoned or sections that are completely like abandoned that no one. Uh, and run down that nobody will fuck with. So there's going to be a variety of different types of exploration like environments that we will get to go through. And like we said last episode, they, you know, 
in order to unlock the relic. There's, you know, there is the there is the motivation to explore. And so it sounds like they're at least trying to make it interesting by offering us several different things that we can experience while we're doing that. Yeah. Uh, and while we are out there experiencing it, our level cap has increased by 10 to a level, a cap of 60. And then the street cred to me, it sounded like they were kind of dodging that answer. I don't know exactly. I think they gave a straight answer in it because they asked, they asked a few times. It just seemed like they didn't hear them, but then they finally asked like, I think a third time and Gabriel said like, no street cred isn't changing. It's staying where it's at. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. It almost, it, to me, it's, it could be that, that they just had to ask multiple times in order to get the question heard or like maybe something is going on with street cred because we haven't heard about it at all. Like how is street cred changing? Is it changing? Is anything being updated to that? Um, that could also be another little thing. Or maybe if your street cred is high enough when you get to Dogtown, it'll affect things. Or I wonder I mean, if there's a street yeah, cred uh, minimum to get into Dogtown. Um. No, it's just because the Dogtown is specifically triggered by a part of like quest lines. So, yeah. So I don't. I don't think there's going to be like anything in particular for street cred uh, involved there. Uh, I mean, as I mean, it takes a while to really like get that like maxed out. Anyways, you know, you kind of have to do like maybe not all, but majority of like the base game like side gigs and everything to really get that uh, i mean i think Dogtown's just going to be a place to like be able to like up it quicker um and maybe not have to do like the really like tiny like side gigs you can just kind of pick out like the more fun like bigger ones and you'll still be able to hit 50 without you know doing all that yeah. um, okay and the f- but speaking of street cred for the last final thing, um, there was a question about Mr. Hands um, and his involvement in the story. And they didn't really give us a whole lot. All they really said was that, uh, or I don't, it's not word for word, but they basically gave like uh, the, uh, led us to believe that Mr. Hands has a prominent role in the story of phantom liberty um and i think the trailers have kind of suggested that with him being in it talking and then getting the like not reveal like but like so he's he's important for some reason so yep definitely so much information, so much good stuff. And th- I know that there's a lot that happened in that video that we didn't even talk about. Like, <laughs> there is so much. It was um, it was really good and interesting and fun to watch through. And I think we hit a lot of the key information that was shared. And then apparently we have another live stream that's going to come out um, coming up soon. We don't have any release dates on that yet. Uh And then if we do get a lot more information before our next episode, uh, we might come back in the meantime and put out another one. But if not, I think the next time that you will hear from us, hopefully we will have that 2.0 patch out and we will be going through all of our fun. I'm ready for vehicle combat. Bring it on. That's yeah. 2.0, 2.0, that's what I'm going to be running around having fun with. I mean, hopefully by the time this episode drops, we already have it. So, because it would drop, what, the 17th? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and if my prediction stands true, we're getting it the 12th. Yep. Hopefully we already have it in our hands, which will date this video. <laughs> we did not record this on the 14th. Nope. All right. 
Uh, yeah, I think that's a good spot for us to wrap it up. Unless you got any last final thoughts. I do not. Um, I'm excited. That's about it. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Just the way that you said that. Yeah, I'm excited. And that's about it. That's like true toasty level excitement right there. (laughs) The toasty deadpan is what they expect. Okay. They're going to listen to the last episode and be like, this is what the fuck? (laughs) This man's got energy. This is wild craziness all right well if you would like to hear more from me you can find me on the two girls one ship podcast where we analyze rate and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer about you uh if you want to hear more from me uh i got the witcher lore cast um just secured a a new co-host um so we're embarking on a I guess a new chapter of the Witcher lore cast now. Um, uh, I also do the Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk Apostrophe D, the Fumbling Four, and Almighty Crit Gang. And at the end of every episode, we shout out Miracle of Sound for allowing his music to be used. We used uh, clips and snippets from Neon Red, the instrumental remix. So go listen to his music, rock out. Have fun. And while you're out there, stay safe in Dogtown. Hi, welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi. I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Romer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at 3 Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using 3 Thoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell.